Hello, and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. electrocuted myself earlier this morning. All right. Hi, everyone. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to rock. If you would, grab your Bibles, and we're going to turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15 is in the New Testament. We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then... John. We've been doing a series on belonging and community and friendship and relationships and want to continue on with that series now. Um, Here is a book that Pastor Jackie gave me a few years ago, Friends and Friendship, um, The Secret of Drawing Close. And uh, I think that Pastor Jackie was a friend to many. Um, and not just a friend in title as far as a Quaker, but a friend to have relationship with one another. And so this has been a resource for me, and just a couple other resources has been neuroscientist um, Carolyn Leaf, as she has studied the brain and how the brain is wired, how we are designed for relationship, how we have neuro pathways in our brain that, is, that, that we've been created for love and that we've been created to feel love and to feel relationship, and that aside from how we were originally designed is to go against the maker and the original intent of what we were created to. And so we literally can lose our mind if we're not in life-giving relationships. Or to flip that is if we don't feel love in relationships, how it can mess up in our mind because we were created for love. And she says many times, although we were created for love, what we actually feel is fear, and we feel hurt, um, and we feel the opposite of what we were actually designed for. So it kind of keeps us away from relationships sometimes. And, and another source has been Pastor T.D. Jakes. He has a message just on friendship and the power of friendship. And so kind of pulling on these sources here this morning. Andrew kicked this off two weeks ago as he talked about believe Uh, I'm sorry, belong, believe, and become, how we can get uh, a lot of healing to take place once we get into life-giving community. And then last week I talked about intentionality, that we've got to be intentional in order to have a relationship. And we can accept that, well, they're busy, or we accept that, well, they might have moved away, or we accept that different circumstances, and so what we accept eventually will just die. The relationship won't be there, but intentionality overrides acceptance of, and so even though it might just be realistically that, yeah, we're busy, or yeah, they moved away, intentionality overrides and says, I still want to be in relationship with you, and then today we're going to be talking um, about being grounded or anchored in life-giving relationships. Um, Friendships are a blessing from the Lord. It really is God's blessing on someone's life when he brings life-giving people around you. You can feel the the face of God turn toward you whenever those life-giving people walk into the room. 
maybe whenever you're just sucking wind and you're going through whatever in life and you've got your, your friends come walking in. You've got your boys that are there. You've got your girls that rally around you. I know for me in marriage, there's nothing cooler than when that girl is in your corner cheering you on and, and championing you. When there's that life-giving exchange that takes place, it's the blessing of the Lord on your life. Isn't it amazing that with all of the evil that has the potential inside of our hearts that we haven't just blown each other up yet? Um, it's amazing that we're still here. I mean, we won. <laughs> we won with the potential that we have to wipe each other out, that we still deploy kindness and patience and long-suffering, and that we have joy in relationships. And so I believe it's the blessing of the Lord whenever he brings people into our life. Many times there's three different ways that people come into our life. One, they're invited in and we invite people in. One, they're just gonna show up and so we welcome them in. And number three, they're just coming in. Whether you invited them, whether you welcomed them, they're just gonna be there. Um, and so one is a high level of enjoyment. Man, I love you and I wanna invite you into my life. One of them is I can not necessarily always enjoy, but I can endure. Right? There's a difference between enjoyment and enduring. And so we can endure, and yeah, we've got some sort of a relationship, and maybe we're in a relationship just because we have to be. Maybe we're in a family. Maybe we're at the same job. And then there's those, they're just coming in. It's like, okay, this is where I am tested with my patience and with my love because they are coming. And sometimes you can't always control the people that have access to you. T.D. Jakes, he says that people, the people around you, is like the ground that you have around you. If you are a plant, the ground around you literally is the nutrients that you're going to pull from. And so these relationships that I have around my life, are they feeding me? Am I getting the nutrients that I need? Are they speaking life into me? Do they have vision for me? Do they challenge my status quo and, and challenge me to go better? Do they challenge who I am as a father and as a husband and as a man and as a leader and as a visionary? Do they, when I get around them, do I wanna be better? Do they inspire something, right? And so the ground that I'm pulling from, right, I'm pulling the nutrients all around me, and it is producing life. There's fruit that's being produced. And then sometimes we have ground around us that's depleted, and it's just, it's been too sun-soaked to where it's just dried up, and it literally is sucking back out of you. And the ground isn't giving you life, the ground is parched. And so the, you're trying to produce life and you're trying to go somewhere, but, but many times we're too connected to our history to really be able to move forward into our future. And so we've got these relationships that are just depleting us because of, well, they just kind of always have been around. And they're not helping us continue to produce fruit in our life to get us to where we need to go. And so are we grounded in life-giving friendships? And let's not be confused, there is a difference. There is a big time difference in just having friends and then those that are helping launch you to change the trajectory of your life. I get around certain people in my life and they change my life. Literally, the, the direction of where I'm going, they have a, the ability to hedge your life or to cast vision for another way or to work through conflict resolution. Man, I am jammed up right here and I cannot get through this, right? but we were built for a relationship. And whenever we get around those people that have that synergy and they really have the life and the power of God on them, people, I am pleading with you right now as if Jesus would plead the importance of the people around you is what is pouring into you. And we've got to audit 
those voices sometimes. We've got to audit those relationships sometimes. And we've got to realize all the people that have access to me, are they feeding me? Are they sucking from me? What is it that's happening? And it's okay if there's stuff that leaves you because you're around people because you're on mission. And you should be on mission to give to people. At the same time, we've got to be intentional to have those life-giving people pouring back in to us, right? And so there's degrees of people. Sometimes it's missional. I'm in this relationship because I've got to feed you. Sometimes we're in this relationship because I just enjoy you. And sometimes I'm in this relationship because I need to get something because you're going to help me grow. So, right, there's, there's degrees of these things. You probably can remember as you look back that it wasn't just you being your big bad self that helped you get that promotion. Maybe it was some people around you that helped introduce you to get you that job, that introduced you to your spouse, that made a way for you to get this break or to get this opening. Many times it's people that allow us to move forward and can help propel us to other places. Many of you, and I know that I can speak of myself, I've been successful in different places in my life, not just because of myself, but because of the friends that I've had in my life. I can tell you that I'm standing here today because of a couple friends that are in this church when I think of the Carries. There was an introduction to our church family through an extended family member. Isn't that cool? Because of relationships that go clear back to childhood can still serve you many years later. What is that? It's, it's commitment in a relationship that you have for one another that can, that can open up doors that perhaps were never even offered to you in the first place. It's having relational connection with one another. Sometimes there's good soil that's around you and it produces good plants around you. However, sometimes we don't like the soil that we're in or we don't like being around other plants. How many of y'all wish that you could just be like in a, your own little pot? I don't want to be in the garden. I just want to be in a pot by myself. I just want to pick my soil. I want to pick the sun. I want to pick the water. I just want to be by myself. Anybody, you're like really good, like just leave me alone? How many of y'all just don't fool with people? I just don't fool with people. That's why I've been successful is I just keep my head down and I just go where I want to go. And you know what? That's probably good in many situations whenever it comes to the toxicity of what relationships could give. However, it's, it's short in what it can produce because we were designed for more and we can't cross-pollinate when we're left by ourselves. We actually will, pre, will, will reproduce a, a mundulin sort of a generation, meaning that it's just shorted of what the full potential of what it could become. And so, again, we'd also want to live in our own little isolated flower pots whenever we were designed to be in community. Here's a quote for you. Walking with a friend, do I have this? Is it over, Andrew? Come on, one more. Walking with a friend in the darkness is better than walking alone in the light. Cool quote, and then you dig a little bit deeper and you figure out who said it, and it was Helen Keller. Helen Keller said that walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking in the light, or might I even just go a little bit farther of her, the darkness of her reality as she was blind, deaf, mute. She said, it's better for me to be blind and to have friends than to have all the other natural abilities and having my five senses stimulated and be all by myself. I would rather have people in it with me in darkness 
than to have this great life, but all alone by myself. Let's jump in here to the Bible in John chapter 15 and in verse 9. Are you there? Great. If you can't find it, either ask your neighbor or Siri. (laughs) Siri's normally right, not always, but. All right, John chapter 15 and verse 9. It says, it says this. As, we can just stop right there. This word as means we're going to compare, or this is what it should be, or this is the standard of heaven. Okay, that's what that word means, at least in this context. As the Father has loved me, okay, so to the degree that the Father has deployed love upon me, and this is Jesus talking, the Father has loved me, and it's a perfect love, it's unbelievable love, it's a contagious love, it is this explosive 4th of July firework affection love that he has poured out on me, his son. So... As he's done this, so I also have loved you. The same passionate, pure, firework, affectionate love has been poured out on you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and I remain in his love. As I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete." Jesus is contending for us to enter into this place of love with him and with one another so that joy can be full. You know, whenever you live in, whenever you live in conflict, it's hard for your joy to be full. Whenever you live in gossip and backbiting, it's hard for joy to be full. Whenever we live in distrust, and I I always got to watch my back whenever I'm around this person because I can't trust them with my words, it's hard to have the fullness of joy when you're with that person. Am I right? Don't shout me down, church. No, I'm not getting a ton of amens here this morning. Maybe you all got great relationships, and I'm the one that needs this this morning, but I'll just tell you that whenever there's conflict in relationships, it's hard to always have joy in that relationship. And he's contending for this pure love that is exchanged one to another and that joy will be the benefit of that. I know sometimes we can say, oh, I I don't care. I don't care what they said and it doesn't bother me and nobody can ruffle my feathers and I'm good and and we kinda can, can, can puff ourselves up and pop our collar and disconnect from everybody else's words or everybody else's opinions and we can kinda pose and position ourselves that way. But I'll tell you this, that it's hard to have the fullness of joy when the soil around you is depleted. It's hard to truly bloom into everything that you could be when you're grounded and rooted in soil that's not life-giving. And we can say it doesn't affect me. Oh, heck yeah, it's affecting you. It's affecting not only where you currently are, but definitely where you could be going. The intentionality it takes to surround yourself with voices that can bring freedom, that don't have to judge and critique your every move, and that can breathe life, and that can fully know you, and yet still fully love you. Sometimes, in the way that the the brain is wired, is if I'm fully known, I won't be fully loved. And I fear that. 
I fear that if I let you in a little bit deeper and you know all of these places of me, because I'm awesome from afar. And then when you get up close and you see, oh, he's not awesome. Oh, he's got warts. He's got weakness. Oh, man, his marriage isn't perfect. Man, he didn't father perfect in that moment. Oh, what, that's what's going on in his heart? That was the driver of those words? Oh. And so what we do is we're really good at doing the old Heisman. We stiff arm. Everybody just stay right there because I'm awesome. When I can pose like this, just stay right there. And then we all can just be awesome. Rather than I want to be fully known and what a vulnerable, exposed place to be. And it's scary. But yet to be fully loved in all of who I am and who I'm not is a powerful place to be. And it's the place where Jesus is calling us to be. Verse 11 here, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy would be complete. Your joy may be impacted by how you love and who you love and what those that you love, what they do back to you, your joy could be impacted by all of the soil that you are grounded and deeply into. It does affect you. It affects you big time. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So let's go back to this word as. It's the standard of heaven. Also, it's a command. Jesus doesn't say, hey, here's my suggestion. This might be helpful. Jesus doesn't come in as a consultant and say, hey, just want to give you just a couple things of advice. Take it or leave it. Um, but here, here's kind of how I would do this. Um, the Father's loved me a, a ton. It's pretty amazing. I've loved you a ton. I've literally laid down my life for you. Um, it works. And if you want to, maybe you guys could do that with one another. But if you ever get offended, then I would just disconnect. I would check them out. I would mark them off, do whatever, and then just throw them away. But he doesn't come as just some casual advice. He comes as the command. To the degree that the Father has loved me is the same degree that I have loved you. And to that degree, I'm calling you now to love one another. I'm thinking, what? The way that God loved his son is how I'm supposed to love this loser? That was funny. Maybe not. Let's loosen up, folks. I'm supposed to love that guy who's not easy to love? Jesus, at least I was easy to love. I mean, come on. I made it easy on you. This guy. And is it, is it, this isn't the great suggestion. This is the commandment that he's calling us to. And I just want to ask this. What if how we love God is measured by how we love people? To the degree that we're willing to, to execute this commandment of loving others, Jesus says this is what love looks like. This is how the love of the Father and the Son and how we love others, this is what it looks like. And so do this is what he's calling us to do. You ever wonder if God just gives you certain people in your life so that you can practice <laughs> divine love? It's like, God, okay, all right. Let's strap down both sides. We're gonna have to go to war here. 
the, the war, the love war of how am I gonna get through this? Like Jesus, thank you for buffeting my, my heart. Thank you for, for putting some restraints here. Thank you for, for focusing me so I can practice my love for you by working through some hardship here with others. He lets them just get on your nerves so that you can practice divine love. He lets them offend you so that you can practice divine love. He lets, you, he lets them say things that maybe they're clueless to, but it pushes that button on you so that you can practice divine love. They make a, uh, an insensitive comment about, about um, parents in general not realizing that maybe your parents, uh, you had a rough relationship with your parents or maybe your parents have passed. Or they make a, a sarcastic comment or a joke about whatever and it just stings you and, <laughs> the way that God has loved me I'm supposed to love others this is crazy so here we go and he's called us to come to a pretty deep level sometimes it feels even like he's testing us and see if we can pass this test and not just pass but are you willing to pass the love as purely as you received it Man, I received this perfect and pure love. And does it stop here? It gets jammed here. Or am I willing to pass it on so that somebody else can receive sacrificial, life-giving love? Goodness, I'm being convicted by my own mouth. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate it when you say something and you're like, shoot, I need to live that thing. Because whatever they have done to you does not compare to what we have done to Jesus. It just doesn't. What they said about you wasn't as bad as Jesus going to the cross. You didn't go to the cross. It wasn't as bad as being betrayed and spit on and beaten within an inch of your life and your beard ripped out. It wasn't as bad. I know that they clicked that little button that said unfriend. It wasn't as bad. Besides, being a friend is more than just clicking a button. It's being in it. It's loving. It's pressing through. It's encouraging. It's bringing life. It's speaking life. It's edification. It's, it's knowing all of you and still loving all of you through it all. Okay. Losing amens here. I got to move on. Losing offering, losing membership, losing everything. Here we go, we'll just, we'll just plow ahead. Isn't it amazing how for some people they can sit here and for, you're like, yes! And for others like, ugh, yeah, right? Hey, we're talking about let's love. Well, I'm offended. I'm offended by that we should love like Jesus would love. I know it's crazy. This Bible, this book right here is offensive to our flesh. It's offensive to our uh, already offended mind that I should be the bigger person and forgive. That's just... That's just crazy. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I've commanded. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. Goodness. Everything that I have learned from my father, 
I have made it known to you. Keeping with this illustration here of, of friends or the, the ground that you're rooted in, I understand that God feeds you. I understand that the Bible feeds you. But let's not be mistaken. People feed you. Yeah, you can go directly to God. Yeah, you can read your Bible. You can read self-help books. All that's helpful. But I, can I just contend, don't cut off one of the mega sources that God has designed to be around you, and it's people. It's people that are gonna bring that to you. God, Adam had God right out of the gate, and God said, this isn't good that he should be alone. It was God and Adam hanging out, and God said, this isn't good. It's not good for you just to go hike up into uh, the mountains and spend the next 60 years as a monk. It has some, some benefits. You can write some, some cool mystic books, but it's not the best. What's good is to be in it with people that are, you gotta wrestle through and you gotta act like Jesus when you don't want to and you gotta constantly forgive. He's like, this is good. Working through this and yeah, you said that and you shouldn't have. Now you've gotta go ask for forgiveness. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, but it's good. This is what's good is wrestling through all of these things. It's good, the goodness of God is the glory of God. It's the glory of God to work through stuff in relationships. It's the glory of God to be in covenant and to look someone else in the eye and say, for better or for worse, I'm in it with you. That's good. That's the beauty of the Lord is to, when it's not perfect, to stay in it and to wrestle through it in the same way that you've betrayed me, but I forgave you. In the same way that you spit upon my face, but I went to the cross for you. To the degree that I have loved you, I'm now calling you to love others. Jesus is crazy. I'm, this is just what the Bible says. You know, our justice department has figured this out. Whenever we take the, the, the most crazy, hardened criminals, you know what we do with them? We put them in isolation. Isn't that interesting? Because we know the brain is wired for relationships, so the harshest punishment we can do is to remove you from people because you're gonna lose your mind. You wanna punish yourself? Isolate yourself. Disconnect. Cut people off. Stay away. Heisman, stiff arm everybody. And you will lose your mind. Isolation. And so then many times whenever we, you ever just feel like even being in a crowd and yet you feel isolated? You feel alone? And then it causes us to, well, I've got to overcompensate somehow because my joy is not full. My joy is not complete. Whenever I'm deploying the love of Christ, joy is full. But whenever I'm disconnected from all that, when you're in isolation, your joy cannot be full. And Jesus actually says, if you do this, he's actually contending for our happiness. I'm contending for the maximum pleasure that you could have in life, and it's joy, and this is how you do it. And so we, we put people in isolation to, to take away all of their joy, and, and the goal is for them to lose their mind, and they actually turn into someone else. The brain pathways start shifting inside their heads. It's amazing what starts happening. They literally can lose their minds because of isolation. And if you've ever done that, many times we go to extremes then. Well, I've got to overwork and 
overeat and undereat and get and do this and over entertain myself with extremes and then I disconnect from all of it and, and I've got to overachieve and I've got, I've got to do all of these things and I'm reaching for joy when Jesus is it's found in people right in front of you. But Jesus, but they're not perfect. I know. Trust me, Jesus is saying, I know. And he's asking us to stay in it even when it's not always awesome. Don't turn to isolation. Don't turn to, you're, you're punishing yourself, not even realizing it. Our frustration with people, our disappointments with people can lead us toward isolation. Our, our fear and our hurt can, can drive us to places that are not healthy. We're gonna close with this, verse 16. You did not choose me. I chose you, and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Hmm. You gotta have some good soil if you're gonna bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, in the name of the Father, it will be given to you. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. This is the great the great command. I'll tell you, as we're on this series, and we're gonna wrap this series next week, the importance of being in community and the importance of having life-giving people and for you to be a life-giver for those relationships around you. Can I just tell you that it is the blessing of God if you've got friends. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I consider myself a, a blessed man if I've got one true friend in life. Because people wanna take from you, people wanna position there's opportunists right always whatever he said I've got one true friend can we be friends can we have a sense of community and can we be in it for one another we're going to close here this morning would you stand with me as we close in prayer and here is my is my prayer is I know that there's so much more going on than just a message to saying hey you need to be in a relationship Maybe there's a lot of hurt. Maybe there's a lot of offense. Maybe you're like, yeah, but golly, I'm just so dinged up here. And they've never apologized. Or they've never done anything to come after and to pursue my heart. I just want to pray for that, that the Lord would do some, would do some work there. Also, perhaps you're in relationships and it's just kind of selfish. And maybe we need, to, we need to be the life giver. And so can I say, Jesus, help me get outside of myself and to bring life to those around me. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the love that you have shown us. Wow, we don't even know what that is. The same way that the Father has loved you, you have loved us. And now we're supposed to love each other. Jesus, I just pray you would help the standard of our hearts. Jesus, I pray you would come and encounter us with love, that you would baptize us with love today, Lord, that we would have a fresh wave and washing over our hearts of love for one another. Lord, I pray that we would not be isolated, but we would be in a life-giving community. And Father, that we would be the number one encouragers in each other's lives, that we would bring life wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. 
Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.